talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. You're with Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The country has been invaded. A group of FBI officials warned Congress of new and imminent dangers and a border crisis and sparring Adam Ruckus Clark around Joseph Arthur's Technicolor Dreamcast to talk about the world caving in on itself. Taylor Swift has become an AI porn star and George Carlin has made a new comedy special from beyond the grave. Adam Ruckus Clark and Spore on the Joseph of the Technicolor Dreamcast. Adam Ruckus Clark and Spore on the Joseph of the Technicolor Dreamcast right now. Welcome, Adam Ruckus Clark. Welcome, Spore. I'm Coming at you live from New York City in this beautiful gallery space, Michelle Max Gallery. And uh, sorry, I just had to lean the guitar. Um, right outside is a is a hustling and bustling city. How are you guys doing? Thanks for coming on. Wow, I'm doing great. Super happy to be here back back with you again, Joseph. And it's great to see you this time. It's great to have you, Spore. Uh, you and Brian Hesher McLean, TNT's very own, and Ruckus, and uh, other cast of characters, always doing the boiler room. And uh, great, great broadcasting from that front. Um, how's it been going in your world? What, what's on your, uh, what's in your sight line, so to speak, in, the, in this crazy world we're in? You know, it's interesting. I was talking to to Brian last night about this, and we've been doing Boiler Room on Alternate Current Radio for almost 10 years now, and I've always been the icebreaker. I like the humor. I like to bring the funny to the situation. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about the zeitgeist, uh, you know, for the first several years of, of the Boiler Room, where, you know, we were seeing like a shift in things where like, you know, suddenly, you know, the white man is the, the bad guy and, and, uh, Pronouns were becoming more and more, um, you know, intrinsic in the the social realm and um, things like that. And then, you know, 2020 came along in 2021. And I mean, sadly, it's it's gone to such a dark direction that it's hard for me to do icebreakers about the things that I used to do them about. You know, and like we're at a point now where, you know. I have relatives that are cutting off their body parts because they, they think they're in the wrong body. And, you know, when I was growing up, if there was somebody with a penis in the girls room in the gym or, or in high school or whatever, they would have been, you know, considered a predator or a criminal and they would have been, you know, checked in with the police. And now it's, it's, uh, happening, you know, in mainstream, you know, Olympic sports and things like that. So, Everything's kind of gone to like a not so funny anymore. And and that's kind of hard for me. Um, so I'm still trying to reach for the the bright spots, but it's a little bit harder. <laughs> you can't Sporing lose your case. sense of humor, Spore. You can't lose your sense of humor, though. You got to laugh. Uh, you know, 
I mean, here's where we uh, take the philosophy of being in the world and not of the world. We have to like have a light touch with all this stuff because first and foremost, we have to take care of our own spirits and humor is a huge part of that. We can't, you know, as crazy as the world is, as much of a reach as evil is having uh, for all of our necks, that doesn't mean that we have to like stop having fun or stop having laughs. What do you think, oh, I Ruckus? do my best. I laugh every day and I, I definitely still laugh on the boiler room. I mean, there's always something funny to talk about. It's just a shift in things. There are certain things that are just not funny anymore because they're so real and in our faces, you know. Yeah. It's a shift. Ruckus, so, how, how are you maintaining your sense of humor, Adam Ruckus Clark? Well, that's easy because I never had a sense of humor to begin with, so I've made it through just fine. Um, just kidding. No, obviously, I, I like to laugh, too. Um, just in case anyone who is new to Spore uh, or the concept of the boiler room, in case you didn't know what she's talking about, the icebreaker, um, that's that's the specialty of Spore. She's the icebreaker queen. That's how we start the boiler room uh, every episode is with a hand-picked, hand-selected WTF kind of story from the interwebs that is an icebreaker, a way to start the conversation, to start the evening. And as she was indicating, they're usually very funny and amusing and weird news, but then something changed. I, I remember back in the days before I was a part of the boiler room just listening, I can't I can't remember a time where the, the icebreaker became the dominating story of the entire evening, but that has happened a lot since 2020 where we're like we're just supposed to hit this story real quick laugh about it and move on to the serious stuff where the icebreaker turns out to be the serious stuff and next thing you know we spent three hours talking about this this bizarre story and and the conversation just went where it went um so i just wanted everyone to be aware of what she's talking about as for me the way i i maintain humor is um yeah, I don't know. I, I just I, I like to laugh at the news as I'm doing my thing every day, scrolling through the news. I'm just laughing at myself. Um, I was doing it to the television the other day. I don't know if you guys have ever caught yourself talking to the television. There's nobody around except maybe you or your pet. Maybe if you're lucky and you're talking to the television um, as if they can hear you. Um, I did that making fun of the people who are up there, our, our selected leaders, as it were, trying to tell us things. There was a a Pentagon spokesman who was saying things like repeating over and over again to the to the press's questions that we're not at war in the Middle East. We're not at war. Let me be clear. I just as long as everyone understands we're not at war. There's no war going on here. And then that same day, I'm just laughing to myself. I'm scrolling through the news and they're like, well, well, there's an official name for the military operation taking place in the military in, in the Middle East. And I'm thinking, oh, so we just it's not it's not a war. That's how he can stand there and say that is because they changed the name. So I just I laugh at these mm. clowns all day long at their lies. And so that's how I stay sane, Joseph. That's the new vaccine. It's not really a vaccine. You can just change the name, though. You can mess with words. Well, and as we're talking. Talking about humor, you know, the, the story you brought up to me before, and we can talk about this war that's not a war as well if you want to, but I'm interested in this AI version of George Carlin that they just released a new comedy special and his family is up in arms about that, which makes sense. But, and then of course we have the, that kind of 
piggybacks on the Taylor Swift uh, porn footage that's not really her, her or naked footage. I actually haven't looked, <laughs> I guess this is a good call out because I haven't looked at it so I don't know if it's porn or just you know fake naked pictures of her. But this like begs the question of how are we ever going to ever believe what we see again? We're never going to be able to really take our eyes seriously in terms, uh, at least in a digital way, and maybe even in actual real life, once uh, robots are among us and aliens and all the rest of it, if that ever were to happen, which I guess it's going to. Um, what do you guys think of this? George Carlin, a new comedy special. I mean, we, we saw this in music, right? Um, all these hip hop songs coming out that were AI generated. I, I saw Tupac once, uh, you know, the, uh, what do you call it? A hologram, right? Um, I guess this is something more than that. I'm going to, after the show, you told me about this ruckus right before the show, so I did not look up George Carlin's AI performance, but I can't help myself. Um, I can go do without fake Taylor Swift naked pictures. That's fine. Um, but uh, the George Carlin thing I'm interested in, because one thing I noticed when I first started messing around with chat GPT, I would put like, write me a Mitch Hedberg joke about so-and-so, and they would be pretty good. So ChatGPT's uh, ability comically wasn't that bad, so I'm curious if you've seen the George Carlin thing and what you think of it and what you think it means for the future of stand-up comedy. Well, I, I didn't, personally... I didn't watch it. Yeah, That's I haven't fun. seen it either, but um, uh, we did talk about... Uh, have you ever seen the movie The Congress? The clown race? No, the Congress. Um, uh -uh. It was, I can't remember the, the main actress's name, but it's, it's, it's a somewhat cartoon, somewhat reality movie where basically this, this woman has to sell her AI image to the movie industry and they get to do whatever they want with it once she sold it. And this is what's happening now. I think um, there have been a few people in this predicament where they're using the AI of them and they didn't necessarily approve of that. And what you're you're stroking at there too is that okay. Firstly, oh, Robin Wright was the main. I mean, you, did you have to Congress. use the words? Did you have to use the word stroking first and foremost? I mean, well, <laughs> we're know. talking about naked pictures of Taylor <laughs> Swift as well, so it's just a weird Which association. I, but anyway, I carry did. on, my wayward <laughs> not son, my wayward daughter. And you're not my daughter, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I guess my, my point is that, um, first of all, one of the major things that I saw that we really lost focus on or just reality in is logic here in, in the last few years. There is no logic anymore. We have full-on corruption being thrown at our faces and people just denying it. And, um, and now we have the AI, which is thrown into there, and we have, strangely, aliens showing up, you know, things like that. And, you know... Project Space Beam has been predicted for a long time, like what's next, aliens, and how are we all going to tell the difference between reality and, you know, the AI stuff? I mean, I've had extensive conversations with ChatGPT. I play around with it, and it's it's pretty, pretty smart. And um, I'm not saying, like, like I could de develop a relationship with it, but I think that there are a lot of people that probably could. And... There's oh, they probably will. a lot of people, yeah, and they, there's a lot of people that would trust it as well. Yeah, yeah, that movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix that came out where he fell in love with his like version of Siri or whatever. I mean, once they have like actual robots that you can, you know, 
make love to, so to speak, um, you know, or have, you know, it's, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be mayhem. There are going to be people locked in their little pint-sized apartments with those Apple goggles on and, you know, hugging silicone pillows or whatever and forgetting to go get some water. I mean, it already happens with video games. People die playing video games. So I can only imagine when this gets more and more powerful and how we're all sucked into our devices like this, it's going to actually suck us in further. I mean, Ruckus, what do you think to that? So there's the alien invasion, I guess, that already happened in Florida. If a few years ago there would have been footage of aliens wandering the streets in Florida, everyone would have thought that everyone would have been, you know, absolutely up in arms about it. It would be the headline on every uh, newspaper across the globe instantly, of course. But this time that happened. We saw some images of it. There were some spooky images and most of us just didn't believe it was real at all. What, what do you think to what Spore just said, Ruckus? Why? Well, I'm one of the people that believes that's not real. I don't believe in the Miami aliens. I'm sorry, um, but I, 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 I could be wrong. I don't know, but I'm, I'm guessing there's not just aliens walking around in the mall in Miami. Anyways, um, is it that we don't know what to believe, as you said, that that's the biggest problem here. Um, I do want to make a point about this George Carlin thing real quick, because you made a good point about Mitch Hedberg, and I loved Mitch Hedberg. That that was one of my favorite uh, comedians. Good call. Um, we we miss these guys, right? We miss these these creators, these artists, and we want more from them, but they're not with us anymore. That's the way reality works. That's the way life works. When when the, the creator's gone, they're gone for good, and we can go revisit their, their past works. We can maybe even... Um, go watch somebody do like an impersonation of them, like say like a, a band that's not around anymore. You might see somebody touring uh, who's like portraying that band and they're still playing their songs, but it's not that band, right? That's kind of what they did here. It's a mixture of all these things with the George Carlin I'm Glad I'm Dead special. I guess this was released on January 9th. Uh, is it's it's an AI trained bot that before the the special comes out and introduces itself and explains what it is and what it's about to do and likens itself to basically an impersonator. So they are basically impersonating George Carlin. The family, the estate is pissed off because the thing looks like and sounds like George Carlin and was kind of promoted to the general masses as being, you know, George Carlin. Therefore, somebody somewhere is making money off of somebody's name. This would be the same thing like somebody buying the rights to like a, you know, Michael Jackson owning the rights to the Beatles records, right? You know what I mean? There's always this fight for the original rights to the to this to the to the created works for the purpose of money. So the estate is concerned that these people were making money off of uh, George Carlin's name uh, illegally without their permission, without their consent. So that's why all of that went down. But it opened up the, the this this talking point of like, should we do this? And that's where I'm at. I'm like, just because we could now we have to make the moral decisions like things like, well, just because I could, would I, should I? So like. I think we should not be messing with with trying to reincarnate artists, musicians, comedians. I also think we should not be trying to reincarnate our loved ones because I think that that's probably going to be more prevalent and less talked about as an issue because I think we're going to be placed with an opportunity that like when Ruckus is gone, if Ruckus was your best friend, hey, you still get Ruckus in your pocket. You can download the Ruckus app and have Ruckus with you. For an eternity. Well, I don't think as Ruckus, I would uh, give my consent to that. I don't want people running around 
with an AI version of me after I'm dead. When, when I'm dead, I'm done. It's over. Come meet me in heaven, hopefully, if you do the right things and I did the right things, but that, we'll <laughs> leave it at that, you know? <laughs> you won't Man, have I a choice in the matter, though. Go ahead, Spore. I just wanted to say, you, you touched on so many points there. I was going to mention, Ruckus, and I appreciate yeah. that. Um, I, I did do an icebreaker several years back about a woman in, in, I think, China that had lost her daughter and was going into like a sort of video game and and they had recreated her daughter so that she could have these bonding moments. And I, I think this is, is really predatory because, you know, when you lose somebody, you want to have some sort of semblance. You want to be able to, you know, say how your day was to them, to have them like respond to you. And you're in your weakest moment when you're grieving. You know, and so, you know, in the larger scheme of things, you know, like the the Hollywood actors, things like that, George Carlin never, never approved his, you know, use of character, his comedy or anything like that for this thing, as far as I know. And um, but at the same time, I could see somebody that's just really missing someone being like, OK, well, you know, I've got this this one thing that I can hang on to and the chat GPT can read all the, these messages that we've had with them and they can use these images to recreate that person and give you that sort of fulfilling like, okay, I haven't really lost them. They're still here. So I, I think it's really predatory and it prevents people from actually dealing with, you know, the Lost. grieving. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately we won't have a choice. I mean, there's just, you know, all, all this tech is going to be in the hands of everyone. So people are going to create whatever they want. And, you know, anybody's estate can get up in arms about copyright infringement and the moral um, ramifications of it therein. But the bottom line is you can't stop this freight train going down the tracks. It's going one way and there's no way to stop it. I mean, it's interesting, the the loss of the loved ones. I mean, um at first glance, that seems sort of wrong because it would be unreal and would keep people out of truth and sort of they would be participating in gaslighting themselves. And that's never a good thing. But I don't know. I mean, Kiss, the, you know, to some, the world's greatest rock and roll band in the world, Kiss uh, is doing it themselves. They just, you know, and they're at the end of their big final tour, supposedly, um, you know, they've introduced this whole, they work with some guys in Vegas or whatever to create these giant digital images. And they're gonna, and that's gonna be a tour that rolls out soon, I guess, in a couple of years. And it's gonna be digital kiss and maybe they'll have guys in makeup on the stage and then a, a big digital show along with it. So, you, I mean, I think for artists, the best bet would be to engage in the inevitability of it and try to get their brand and their consent of what they want it to be um, in in lock with their own sort of artistic desires and goals, because it is inevitable. It's going to happen. I don't really think there's anything anyone can do to stop it. But we'll be right back after these words on TNT. TNT's Bruce de Torres. The Who's proposed treaty will increase man-made pandemics by Merrill Nass. Just a minute about this. This report is designed to help readers think about some big topics. How to really prevent pandemics and biological warfare. How to assess proposals by the Who and its members for responding to pandemics. 
and whether we can rely on our health officials to navigate these areas in ways that make sense and will help the population. populations. We start with the history of biological arms control and rapidly move to the COVID pandemic, eventually arriving at plans to protect the future. She didn't put protect in quotes, but I just did verbally. World Stage and Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk TNT. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40 California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a $1,000 a day fine. Government stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%. You know, 99.8% survival, rather than the 3 or 4% mortality that the, the people are saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. When the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. You have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them. This is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. next steps to space. This time we go back to the moon to learn to live, to work, to invent, to create. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, I'm almost viceless, almost. I mean, I still drink coffee and I take these little nicotine pouches called Zen. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Is it bad? Is it not? I mean, there was all these rumors going going around in the COVID days that Zin or nicotine rather actually helped fight COVID. Uh, recently, I was in uh, the company of a bunch of people who got COVID and I never did. Um, so I don't know if that's because I didn't take the jab because they actually had taken it or because I'm always taking Zin 
And I wonder, I do feel bad about it sometimes. Like, is this bad? It can't be good, right? But supposedly nicotine sort of can help with writing. I like to get up at four in the morning, drink a pot of coffee and, you know, have a couple zins and write away. And it, it feels like such a great ritual. But what I've just been informed is they're going to try to outlaw zin. Oh, no, say it isn't so ruckus and spore. What's going on with my zin? Do I have to give it up? No, not yet. I'll let I'll let Ruckus fill you in on the details. Okay. Well, you, you're familiar with a uh, Senate Majority Leader. Uh, some call him Crying Chuck Schumer. Uh, well, he's mm. he's come out. I've he wants seen to crack him. I've down. seen him on. I've seen him on these here New York City streets several times, man. Go I ahead. bet next time you see him, ask him politely what he's got against your Zin. Uh, he's cracking down. He wants to crack down anyway. So he's calling on federal agencies to look into zin nicotine pouches he says the product will be the next quote-unquote trend in addiction for teens uh he he used words like he said it was a quiet silent addiction like like he was he's trying to make the case that teenagers are being marketed zin as if zin is cool and that the kids are doing this this is a way for them to to sneakily do their nicotine and no one will like what what are this guy's so out of touch bro um, he went out and did his thing and called for this and people immediately were like, yo, Chuck Schumer, Chucky boy, this is not like marketed to kids. This is for like full grown adult smokers who want to quit smoking. Uh, and I reported this uh, a number of times and the people I've talked about this pointed out how it's used and maybe you could you can both attest to this because you're both users of this it just goes like between your lip and your gum and it just sits there in your mouth and for the most part no one even knows that you're doing it so it's not like the vaping thing with the kids where like the vaping it's like cool it's like a trendy cool thing you get all these different flashy colors and buttons and batteries and it's like a fidget toy and flavors the zin is completely different there's nothing cool about that whatsoever i don't see kids jumping into this but chuck schumer seems to think so and i think it's just uh, an excuse for big nanny state government to be a big nanny state doo-doo head uh but what do you think spore what do you think well i have a lot of thoughts on this okay firstly <laughs> if chuck schumerman cares about our health let's let's look at the grocery store okay let's look at the gas station and all the candy and sugar causes cancer okay you know, like, let's look at that firstly, and then we'll go all the way over to the fentanyl that is being spread across America and in other countries that can literally kill a toddler with one touch of it. And he's attacking Zen. And I will say as a Zen user that there's really no joy in it. I mean, it's not like I take a Zen and I'm like, ooh, yeah, I feel great. It's like, oh, good. I'm not having a Nick fit. And I, 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 I don't know if you guys are familiar with Andrew Huberman. He's, you know, a very famous of podcaster course. that neuroscience, yeah. you know, brain mm -hmm. scientist. And I did listen to his episode about tobacco and nicotine and things like that. There's actually a lot of a lot of positive things about nicotine that it can do for you, not just like preventing the coronavirus, but it, it can actually kind of energize you and help you focus and help you keep calm, things like that. But Zen is not it's not like uh, a vape, a vape. I, if I do a vape, I can get, you know, like a head buzz. Like I'm like, yeah, like that feels good. But then if I do it for too long, my lungs hurt. Same with cigarettes, you know, organic, even organic cigarettes. It's like, oh, okay, I got a relaxing 10 minutes and I'm feeling calm and soothed. And then I wake up the next morning, I'm like hacking up 
crap. And mm. Zen's just like, that was part of the reason that I did my water fast a couple weeks ago was because I wanted to get away from the cigarettes. You know, I wanted to mm. like have some time to just like really be able to deal with my emotions directly rather than, you know, escaping and going to cigarettes or wine or whatever else, you know, like, um, but Zen's not like something I would go to like, Ooh, I want to get a buzz. It's just like, you know, when you're feeling angry and it's something that you can actually wean off of, whereas, you know, uh, vape and cigarettes, they're easy to lean on for that immediate sad satisfaction where Zen's just kind of like, okay, I don't feel as pissed off as I would if I just went cold turkey. I mean, are you doing the three milligram Zins? Because I got to push all the way back on this to both of you guys. And I'm, you know, I don't think, I think it is ridiculous to outlaw it. I mean, I don't know that they're going to ever outlaw nicotine. And as far as nicotine sources go, I would say Zin seems to be the best. However, I don't really know. And my own concerns with it is I know how important, and Spore, you could speak to this too with getting into water fasting, is our gut biome is and the gut biome's uh, relationship with our brain and our thoughts and our emotional state. So when you're using a Zen, what's going into your stomach? That's, that's where, it, and I don't know what they put in these little magical pouches. And here's the main pushback is uh, the pleasure of it because I find it extremely pleasurable um, and satisfying. But when I'm having my like 4 a.m., uh, coffee uh, fiesta with Zin. I'm like one six milligram Zin after the other. And the Huberman thing doesn't surprise me at all because it really helps with the writing. When I'm like just drinking coffee and having Zin and I have like a little meditative sound wave thing going on in my, in my headphones or on the phone, uh, I can write for two hours and just stay focused on it. But it, it does feel satisfying in a similar way. And I also don't think it's that easy to get off Zen. So it is addictive. And plus, in terms of pushing back on what Ruckus said, the marketing thing, it is cool. Yeah, it's not cool in the same James Dean way. And it probably is being marketed to kids because of course it is. Um, and it, where it is cool is that everyone feels like they're in a tribe. Like I, I know people like who take Zen and, and you do have this weird little bond, like, you know, so kids are going to do that. So I think it's guilty as charged for being a drug that, you know, should be considered, um, with potential dangers and marketing to children. However, I still don't think they should outlaw it because, you're not going to get rid of nicotine full stop and then people are going to just revert to smoking. You're not going to be able to get rid of the tobacco industry or the vaping industry or the sort of oral nic nicotine fixation industry. So it's, it's goofy. I agree with you guys there, but I disagree on all of your points in terms of why you don't think it should be outlawed. Well, I, I, I mean, if you think about what makes you feel good, you know what, like a, a plate of French fries, would feel awesome to me, you know? Um, not as know, good as like, a Zen though, not as good as a Zen and a coffee in the morning. Depends on how good the French fries are, but you do get that Maybe. comfort. Like, yeah. uh, you do get that comfort that, um, you know, that, that home feeling like that you, that, that comfort zone, which I think Zen does too, you know, where it's mm -hmm. just like, you know, 
something that feels familiar. You're having a tough spot. You're stressed out. Okay, like have some like naughty foods, eat a bunch of candy, eat some ice cream. All these things are naughty and all these things are FDA approved, you know, and to outlaw Zen and not outlaw cigarettes. I mean, come on. No, it's ridiculous. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. And I'm not. I mean, personally, I just don't think anything should be outlawed. You know, everybody should be able to choose what they want to ingest into their body in the first place. So this is this is so ridiculous to me in that point of view. Um, in terms of like vaping cigarettes and then it's in in California when after we had a very tough, <laughs> a very difficult summer, we lost one of our best friends. And we went out to California and I was going to go buy some organic cigarettes that had um, been flavored with mint, just regular mint, the the leaf <laughs> of mint. But they were outlawed in California because they actually had a flavor. But they have, mm. you know, these, these uh, non-organic cigarettes that have way, way more chemicals in them that they're, you know, you can buy anywhere, but you can't get the organic ones. And it's it's just like there's they're not caring about our health. That's all. That's my main point is they don't care about our health. These these things are just kind of like, um, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm pushing, you know, I'm pushing for the children. Well, how are you? You know, you, yeah. you're allowing kids to, to buy candy and things like that. And their teeth are rotting out. They're becoming right. obese. I mean, you look at the students, you know, in high school and junior high these days in, in America compared to, you know. <laughs> 30 years ago, we we had maybe one or two obese kids. And now it's like 50 plus percentage of yeah. the kids are obese. And Zen's not the problem. No, it's Zen is not the problem. And if you, yeah, if you really want to put the black or take the black pill on it and put on the tinfoil hat, really what I think makes most sense that it's about is that perhaps it was really effective um, against COVID. And, you know, we, we already know their reaction to anything that was effective to COVID. I mean, look at what they did to ivermectin. Ruckus, is there a black pill aspect to this outlawing of Zinn in your view? I'm going to push back against your conspiracy theory Good, now, because if it. that was true, <laughs> it's a fail. This is actually, now that I think about it, I'm going to go deep on this one. This is a win for Zinn. I think this is actually a brilliant marketing campaign set up by Zinn. This is all fake. They paid Schumer off to do this because the natural reaction is pretty much across the board. I mean, 98%. I, I, I have yet to maybe so send me an email, ruckus at tntradio.live. Uh, if you find somebody saying, yes, Chucky Schumer, we love this decision. It's about time we take down the Zinn. Rather, what I'm seeing is people having quite a fun time giving him a hard time about him trying to ban Zinn. We even had uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, leading the way with hashtag. She's calling for a Zinn-surrection. Um, so mm. that's pretty cool. A Zin surrection, get it? Um, they're having fun with this. They, they, they're po posting memes of the little Zin container. You have yours, Joseph. Can you show it to the camera real quick while I'm t telling this? It's got like a uh, Texas yeah, star. It looks, it looks like, yeah, so they, they're taking this and then they're putting the Texas star above the container and they're saying, come and take it. You know, like right. don't and don't tread, don't tread on my Zin. So people are having a good time with this. So I think at the end of the day, sales are up for Zin. So it's a yeah. win for Zin. Um, and to your a point, yeah, I think you're Zin. right. That, that should be their marketing campaign for sure. 
That's right. I want I want five cents every time someone hashtags win for Zen. Uh, no, just kidding. Um, but yeah, if they really cared about the important things like our health, uh, I'm all for them banning flavored tobacco, banning Zen, ban whatever you like. But let's ban all these other things first. Uh, and why don't we start with the jabs for the kids? How about that? You start yeah. there and we'll talk about the Zen, Chuck Schumer. <laughs> good, good point. Good point all across the board. Listen, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after these words on TNT. I was such a young age. Everything changed. My name is Chloe. When I was 13, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. When I found out, I just didn't know how to react. I felt like everything was just kind of closing in on me. It just became a routine. Dad's doing chemo. I'd come home from school, wait for mum to finish work, and we'd go straight to the hospital, spend a few hours there, just draw. It was hard to navigate going to school. Hundreds of kids, and I was the only one with a dying dad. He was diagnosed in March, and then he died in October. Towards the end, I heard about canteen. It kind of felt nice to know that they had other people like me. They understood what I was going through and we didn't even have to chat about cancer. In 2020, I became a youth ambassador so I can help others the way they helped me. I've done so many things since I was 13. I've graduated high school, university, gotten my license, made a move across the country. Life now is just a whole lot more fun. Please give a gift today to support more young people like me experiencing cancer. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries, stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. You're with Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, Ruckus wants to talk about that mic drop of a speech that Javier, Javier Malay gave at uh, the World Economic Forum. It was amazing. I mean, uh, Ruckus, I think you told me about it initially. I hadn't seen it yet um, because... You know, he's supposedly uh, controlled opposition or whatever it is. Everyone's controlled opposition. Don't trust anyone. So I kind of had bought into that narrative and saw that he had given some speech and kind of ignored it. But I ended up listening to it one night. And man, I, I can't recommend it enough. It's like, uh, it's almost too good. It's just truth bomb after truth bomb and talking about how important it is to remain an individual to open up your own businesses and just basically a, a, a full-on takedown of the globalist agenda but ruckus uh you wanted to talk about this so what do you got to say about it 
Well, I've only seen clips of it, and I've been listening to a lot of commentators and the news and other articles breaking this down, and everyone is just absolutely shocked and amazed and scratching their head like, how did this happen? There's actually two incidents, but the, the one that we're discussing here involves the newly elected Argentinian president, Javier Malay. He went straight into the belly of the beast and uh, what some describe as a freedom Moab, mother of all bombs. Apparently, this full speech that he gave really kind of was, well, he, he said all the, the quiet parts out loud. But what was fascinating is he was speaking about these evil people in the room who were sitting there watching him give this speech. Uh, I do have one quote from the speech he gave, quote, I, today I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger. And it's in danger because those who are supposed to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism and thereby to poverty, end quote. And he literally meant that the, the people, the vision, the ones who are crafting the vision that has co-opted the values of the West are the, the leaders in that room. It's, it's these groups like the World Economic Forum meeting together at Davos. It's the Bilderbergs. It's uh, whatever goes on at the Bohemian Grove. I don't want to go there. Just ask Alec Jones, right? Um, but yeah, so apparently it was fascinating that he was able to to speak some truth, say some things, imply, well, more than imply a lot of things. Again, I only caught some clips, but people were like just sitting there. They had to take it because they invited him there. Um, I, I, but man, totally different times that we live in now. That would never have happened like, say, 10 years ago, I don't think. Um, and people are just all around the world. They're fascinated by this dude, Javier Malay, who's he, he had like this whirlwind uh, campaign. He's been like the most the most popular president, the most number of votes ever. I mean, he broke the history books as far as elections go out there in Argentina. And uh, people are just, you know, all eyes on this guy. He's saying and doing all of the things that he said he would do when he was campaigning. So who knows? But I'm with you, Joseph. I don't trust any of these people because, you know, they're politicians and that's what they do. So, we'll, well it's hard not it's hard not to trust him when you actually listen to the speech, though, because it is so good. It's almost like a psychedelic experience. It was just like what I mean, it was so well written that's the thing it, it was uh transcendent i would say i mean you know to speak about a political speech in in those ways but it, it was just everything we've been enduring and just saying everything exactly right um i think people were even calling saying that he, they wish he could be the american president and uh he was getting a kick out of that but spore did you happen to clock this speech we're talking about no, I haven't yet, <laughs> but oh, I'm uh, curious to watch it. Yeah, it's it's so good. It's uh, I mean, you know, because we've been encumbered by this sort of play for our freedom and our spirits. And he brings up all those points. I mean, he do, he leaves no stone unturned. And it's interesting because the other sort of viral moment was, uh, lately or this last week was Yuval Har Harari. Is that how you say his name, Ruckus? Yuval um, saying that, yeah. you know, if you cut, if you slice open a human being, you won't see uh, their rights there. And it was uh, so antithetical to God, basically. And I, you know, people were obviously up in arms on X. It, it sort of trended and a lot of the freedom people were like getting mad at him. But I was just like, look, if this was, you know, w when 
Someone that has, doesn't put God into the equation of what it is to be human, that's where our rights come from, is God. No man gives us our rights. Uh, and we're all born with the same inalienable rights. And so when someone is godless, yeah, that, that would be a logical conclusion that, that human rights is strictly an idea that isn't a reality. Um, but to me, what Yuval was saying is speech. It, it, it sort of came off like an SNL skit of like a, a psychopath, basically. It was just, it's a joke, basically. But, you know, I guess that's what the real distinction is between someone like ha Javier and Yuval uh, is one, I think, uh, has God at the center of their life and the other one has their mind at the center of their life. Yeah. Care to comment, either of you? <laughs> what do you think? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know uh, Javier Malay's religion. I certainly don't know his heart, so I don't know where he's coming from. He's He rode into power on a wave of populism. So, of course, again, how do you trust these people? Because they're saying all the right things. We've gotten to a point where now it's like the more they say the right things, the more I'm scared. I'm like, what, how did this happen? Like, And then even more frightening to think about, like, how do we recognize a real one when we see it? How do, how do we not know that this guy is not 100% legit and we should throw our 100% support behind him and everybody like him and get him cloned, stat, and placed in power around the world to make things better? We don't. You know what I mean? It's such a tricky thing that we don't know what or who to trust, and which is ironic because that was the whole point of Davos. Which, man, there's always that, too, because the, the theme of Davos this year was called rebuilding trust, right? And I've been thinking a lot about this because usually these get-togethers with these think tanks and the Davos and the, the other ones I listed, like the um, – not the Bohemian Grove, those are weirdos, but um, uh, Bilderbergs. They set the pace. They're talking about the future, like what's what's going on, what the next thing is, right? So, like, when they were talking about the Great Reset back in the day, that was before – the great reset you know what i mean so they they were making out their plans right so i think this concept this idea of rebuilding trust is not about the fact that we've lost trust in our world leaders currently i think they're talking about an, a time in our near future when we've lost trust of everything quite literally like because we don't know what to believe we can't believe our own eyes our own ears maybe soon we won't be able to believe our own thoughts i'm just putting that out there i mean people are about to put implants in their heads so what happens when you start trusting what you're you're telling yourself inside your inner talk? Things are going to get really scary very quickly, um, unfortunately. So, yeah, well, the concept of con you know the concept of controlled uh, opposition though could also be a psyop. You know, like oh, you can't trust anyone, and then so you know, I, I mean, I think at a certain point, somebody's words define them to a degree. You know, I mean, I certainly gained a huge amount of trust for this Javier character based on this speech because he it was so across the board and so full on and righteous, really, that at a certain point, even if he is controlled opposition, I would hardly see the point because it's what he's saying is utterly liberating. So what do you think, Sport? Do you think this concept of controlled opposition could be sort of implanted by the real opposition to make us not believe our potential leaders that could lead us to some kind of liberation? Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because I feel like 
you know, there's people that have become more and more outspoken in the last year or so um, that were very quiet a couple of years ago while while we were while the general population was trusting what was being told, yeah. you know, the government was saying, hey, you have to do this. You know, you have to be six feet apart. You have to wear the mask. You you know, you have to get the the jab. Uh, and so suddenly we have a lot of people that are coming out and, and willing to speak openly about the dark forces, which I mean, I think the majority of us, at least listeners to your show and, and our shows and uh, understand there are some very, very dark forces that are behind all this. And so they, I mean, for me, Ruckus, they do need to rebuild the trust. They need to, I mean, not that, not that we would ever trust them again, but I do think that that's part of it is like, what are we going to do next that will make them want to obey, you know, just, you know, uh, follow follow the the leader you know follow the leader you know what what can be feeling so at risk for one's life that you're going to suddenly be like oh the government's going to save me you know they don't they don't care about what we eat really they don't care about what we ingest the, the general population here in at, at least in America is obese uh they don't care about our health um but these people are coming through and a lot of them, you know, like I think of like um, even Joe Rogan as an example, like, you know, he mm -hmm. was like having people get the PCR test when they went into a studio right. a couple of years ago, you know, That's and now true. he's like willing to be like, OK, well, maybe, you know, I didn't get jabbed. Maybe maybe it's not a good idea for everybody. You know, like there are some people that are sort of, I think, genuinely right. waking up to things and it's taken them longer. But for you know the people behind the curtain they need something that is going to be a blanket you know oh sh you know shit hits the fan or whatever sorry for the language um stuff hits the fan <laughs> yeah, yeah i i everything you're saying i totally agree with it's interesting i follow david ike on x as i'm sure all, everybody does um, but he was calling out jordan peterson I, I forget what tweet jordan peterson wrote but he said oh yeah i say this now after having gotten the jab and, and instructed other people to get it you know and now that the waters are safe you're wading in them essentially and and we have a lot of that i mean bill maher is a good example of it i mean and i'm glad these people are outspoken the battle rages on we need these big voices i mean but i remember that it took Joe Rogan quite a while to, um, you know, really start speaking up. And he did so in a controlled and measured way. Same with Russell Brand. I mean, and thank God these guys are doing it and I respect them for it. But um, it's a bit like a battlefield. And, you know, there's a, some of us that were on the front lines. And as soon as there's like, you know, it looks like the tides are turning and the battle's over. A lot of these guys are coming uh, uh, onto the battlefield and saying, I'm the general now. Whereas mm -hmm. I think the people that were there from the jump should be the generals and those guys should be soldiers falling behind. But, you know, life doesn't work out like that. I guess Brett, Brett Weinstein is another one had a tweet of him recommending the mask to everybody that he recently deleted. Um, you know, 
I mean, I'm glad Bre Brett does a lot of great things and he, he's helped the movement a great deal. So, you know, maybe it's ego, but I, yeah, I think like there's going to be future battles and there's already new tough things to call, uh, you know, to speak truth to power about. And so we want the people who showed real courage when it was actually dangerous to do so, to be put in leadership positions beyond just for ego purposes. What do you think, Ruckus? But those types of those are the exact opposite types of people who are in power, because you have to be a certain kind of um, a psychopath to want to be in power. You know what I mean? In general, this may just be my opinion, but I've heard lots of people talk about this before. Like most good, decent folks who would make great leaders who have the right ideas, they don't they they don't want it that they don't want that job. So the job usually goes to the people who want it. And the people who have a desire to do these things are not the good people. Unfortunately, it's like, where where do we find the, the common middle ground here? I don't have the answer for that. But I mean, it's it's very tricky that yes, uh, we see these these people who would say, hey, yes, you would be great. Let's make you president. But they could be a complete failure as, quote unquote, president. You know what I mean? So we have a lot of things to look at when it, there's no easy solutions here. But I do want to add something real quick before we run out of time about this concept of trust. They they want to rebuild their trust. They want everyone to trust them. And, and I think that's a misnomer because we should probably focus our trust somewhere else, like either at least inward, but um, I would say spiritually look up, try God, you should trust in God. Um, or if you want to go the paranoid Patriots route, you could do the X-Files thing and just trust no one. But we least of all need to be trusting our uh, the politicians. Those are the last people that we need to trust. Absolutely. But do you really have such a bleak view of humanity that you think no people that want leadership positions are doing it out of uh, to try to for the betterment of mankind in general. I mean, I don't, I'm not, not that uh, pessimistic about humanity. I think mostly what you're saying is absolutely true, but I think occasionally people rise up that really it's not coming from their ego. It's coming from a calling. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I guess I mean in the modern system of governments and things. But the things that, like, everything looks good on paper. Like, if you look at our Constitution, the way our government's supposed to run and how elected officials are supposed to, how the process is supposed to go, great. But it doesn't work out that way. So I'm just saying that mm -hmm. the, the, the systems are so corrupt that we're never going to get good people in there. We have to just completely scrap the existing system and start start over. We need a great reset, as it were, unfortunately. All right, real quickly, I want to ask both of you this before we wrap up. What do you think of Alex Jones and his sort of rebranding on X? And do you think he's controlled opposition? I think this is a good way to end it, the controlled opposition debate, because he's long since been accused of being controlled opposition sport. Do you think Alex Jones is in the category of controlled opposition or is he a true freedom fighter? Oh man, I haven't actually really listened to him in years. Um, I don't, I don't <laughs> think he's controlled op opposition. I think that I think his heart is in the right place. I think he's a messy person. I, I mean, I've known a lot of people that have worked with him that uh, didn't feel like he was a great person to work with. Um, but I do think that like he. His intentions are in the right place. I, I do think so. But, you know, like I said, I really haven't listened to him in years. Mm. But I, I learned a lot from him. I mean, he's one of the people that back in 2011 when I met Hesher, I was listening to him every single day. I tried to, you know, 
and he he really like what trans he kind of like helped me switch from going growing up in a very liberal you know california mm -hmm. berkeley born lifestyle to like okay wait they're putting poison in our food okay and then i you right. know i look into this stuff and i'm like okay he's absolutely right now that 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 was huge for me so yeah. i i don't think that he's uh an evil Control. person or i'm sure he's enjoying right. the power I of money I gotta cut it off because we got 30 seconds left. Ruckus, send us off and tell me if you think Alex Jones is controlled opposition in 10 seconds. Yes, I still think Alex Jones is controlled opposition, but I still love his quote. It. The answer to 1984 is 1776. God bless you, Joseph. All right, God bless you, Ruckus. God bless you, Sport. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll see you again real soon. Keep listening to TNT. Bye-bye.